Does the world have expectations that you can't meet or you refuse to meet? Welcome to The Not Guide. I'm your host, Alex Berg. I started this podcast because after college, I didn't see a lot of people being open about making mistakes or fucking up after. So I felt isolated and a loser because I felt like that. And I'm done feeling that way. So I'm going to tell you how it is while doing it the most terrifying method possible for me. Being vulnerable. Grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's get real. So, hi everyone. This week I am joined by an amazing person. So, welcome. Hi. <laughs> how are you? Good, how are you? I'm well, thank you very much. I'm scared to say your last name, so can you tell the audience your name? Oh, sure, yeah. I just go by Carolina V. Oh, okay. I was so scared. I was like, I don't, I'm not going to, I don't. Wanted to, I didn't want to tr- test it out and be wrong. Yeah, no, that's perfectly fine. What was it like for you after college? Immediately, so I'm Canadian, so college and university are a little bit different here. So like college is is a little more hands-on and kind of tradesy, whereas like university is is kind of the typical, I guess, American college, you would say. But so for me, I went to university and... After university, it was like I immediately wanted to get my career up and off and like up and running. So as soon as I graduated, I immediately went job hunting. I got myself a position at a financial firm because I went into I went into finance. Finance is my my background originally. Mm. And um it was tough. It was tough out there because yeah. all of these positions are like entry level three to five years experience like are you kidding me like how is anyone supposed to fulfill this like it's just like they really set us up to fail almost yeah and so I worked at this financial firm and I I didn't like it the reason why I originally went into finance is because I've always been called to help people which I feel like a lot of people are called to help others I think we're just innately caring a caring species yeah um, but I need to figure out how I wanted to help people. And so I ended up, I've always been really good at numbers. Like my, my high school asked me to be a pre-calculus tutor because I was just, I made math fun for wow. people. And so, and I was, I broke it down really simply for people to, to understand. And so I took an accounting course in university and I really fell in love with it. I loved like how all the numbers added up to each other. Mm. I loved putting in all this data and like doing all of this work to just get everything kind of even keel and, and whatnot. So I thought finance was really like where my passions lied. And and I do believe that at one point they did. So I went into this financial firm because I wanted to help educate people on finances. And what I quickly learned was that the financial industry is not about helping people. It mm-hmm. is about putting more money into the people's pockets who already have a lot of money. Yeah. Right? Not that there's anything wrong with having no, but it's not what you're you wanted to do. It's not what I wanted to do, and I also believe it depends what you do with that money, right? Mm-hmm. 
So then I decided to shift and I worked at um, a financial institution, so a bank. And I thought, okay, this is going to be really great. I'm going to be like one-to-one with people. I'm going to help them. But it was the same kind of thing. I was met with all of these quotas that I had to put people in the most expensive bank account and get them the most expensive credit card and do this and do that. And I had to like fulfill all of these targets every month. And I was like, what? why when I'm looking at someone's account and they're already in an overdraft, why am I then going to pitch them to spend $150 to get this credit card and also transfer over into this $40 a month bank account? They can't even pay their rent. They can't even buy food. Are you kidding me? And so I was like, okay, well, this isn't working. And then I, for whatever reason, decided to go into corporate finance because I thought, okay, maybe this won't make me feel so shitty seeing like all of these hard obstacles. And the actual corporate finance company that I worked for was really amazing because I wasn't actually doing like the corporate finance. I was just, I was working with numbers internally. So any mistakes that anybody made in our our branches across the country, I had to go in and figure out where these numbers were coming from and why the mistakes were happening. So it was good. The company I worked for was great. I had an amazing um, team, amazing benefits because I'm in Canada (laughs) and, um, and it was really, really good, great salary, but it was just, I wasn't lit up. I wasn't excited and I was starting to get really depressed every morning. So that's kind of my journey after university. Yeah. I feel like, um, were there any more conceptions of life after college that you realized after? Yes. So here I thought like, I'm going to get out of university. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to start climbing the corporate ladder. I'm going to like bank all these vacation days. I'm going to be able to like travel when I want to. And like, cause I did what society told me to do. Right. Right. Like I moved out when I was 16 years old. Right. So like I worked two part-time jobs. I got myself through high school. I got myself through university. Like I checked off every box society told me to check off so that I would feel happiness, feel successful, have a lot of money in my bank account, be able to travel, you know, and be like happy. And that did not happen. And I was waking up every morning. I was like, I did what I was supposed to do. I got this fancy degree. I went into this industry that was really like reputable, you know, like the finance industry. Ooh, right. And I was still not feeling successful. I wasn't feeling happy. I wasn't feeling fulfilled. I wasn't feeling connected. And I felt like I was like stifling this other part of me. So how did you get to the process of finding out you weren't happy? Like how long was it after college? You said three jobs. Was it like a year? Mm-hmm. And then you realized, oh, okay. No. Um, I'm going to say probably three or four years. Okay. So it wasn't like overnight. It wasn't no. sudden. Okay. No, no. Um, and even when I started to feel like I even like at my corporate job, when I was starting to feel like this isn't right for me, it was still kind of like a slow process. If I look back on it, mm-hmm. it was probably like six, six to eight months where I was like starting to feel almost sluggish until finally one week I just kind of broke down. And I like got out of the shower. I still had my hair up in a towel. I was in my like fluffy robe. I sat down on my couch. I didn't even have my cat at the time here. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't living with my partner at the time either because we have a house now. Oh. And okay. I thank you. <laughs> and um, 
I sat down on my couch, nobody's around me. And I literally said out loud, there is no part of me that wants to go to work today. Wow. And then, and my second thought was, who am I talking to? (laughs) Right. But it was, it was alarm and it was the week of my birthday actually. And so I really, really, really wanted to just like call in sick that day, but I, I'm this like loyal to a fault type of person. I I think I've maybe called, I've been working since I was 13 years old. I'm turning 30 next year. Mm -hmm. I've maybe called in sick three times in my entire life. I just, it's not something that I do. So I still went to work, but I was like, something has to change here. So I gathered up, I gathered up some courage and Actually, okay, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. I was like, something needs to change here. So at the time, I was working full time. I was still serving part time in the evenings to give myself that like extra funds to be able to travel a few times a year and not just like once a year or whatever. Right. Um, to have some like spending money because I, full disclaimer, I tend to have a little bit of an expensive taste <laughs> thing, right? Once, I guess. Yeah, right. Yeah, I agree. So, I worked full-time. I worked part-time. I was also really heavily involved with my sorority. I was an advisor for my sorority's active chapter. I was also the president of my sorority's alumni chapter. Um, I volunteer for Big Brothers Big Sisters. I like had a relationship. I was starting my podcast. Like I had a lot of things on my plate. And so when I started to wake up really depressed, I thought maybe I just had too much on the go. So I started to cut things back. I actually quit my part-time job because I was like, okay, maybe that'll give me some more energy. I um, denounced myself as president of my sorority's alumni group. I went down to only volunteering once a month with Big Brothers Big Sisters. Like I started to cut all these things from my schedule and it was became blatantly obvious that it wasn't all of these other things. In fact, doing that made my situation worse because now I didn't even have things I enjoyed doing in my calendar, right? Yeah. And so then it became obvious that I was like, okay, it's it's my job. It's my job that's not making me happy. And so I had to have the really difficult conversation with my boss that I wasn't happy. And she was so great about it. Like I, I have nothing but good things to say about that company. It was wow. just, it wasn't a good fit for me, right? Yeah. Um, so I sat down with her because when she first hired me, she told me that I, she thought I was overqualified for the position, but oh. she really loved me and she just wanted me in the company anyway. So she offered it to me. Um, but she told me, she was like, if at any point you start to feel like this isn't for you, please come have a conversation with me because the last thing I want is to just kind of be blindsided and to receive your two weeks notice on my desk. And I just like did not see it coming. So I, I wanted to have that respect for her. So I sat down with her and I was like, listen, I don't know what this means. I'm, I'm not quitting right away, but I just need to let you know that I'm, I'm not happy. Like yeah. something's not working for me here. And so, um, so we sat down and she was really grateful for it. And she tried to see if there was maybe another position for me in another department. Right. And unfortunately there wasn't. So we kind of just kept trekking along with that. And it just, it was, it was becoming like once was, and that's the thing with self-awareness. Once you're aware of something, it just, it hits you like a wrecking ball. And then you right? and once I had had that conversation with her, it just like hit me in the face. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Um, so yeah, 
I think I was like, I long-winded answered your question, but hopefully yeah, answered your question. <laughs> well, it kind of leads to my next question. So it was a slow process to realize you weren't happy. Yeah. But you're happy now. Yes. So how was that a, I know it wasn't a linear process because I think no. humans aren't linear, but was that like a time consuming process? Like, was that a few years as well? Um, yeah, I think I'm coming up on about two years now. Um, so when I had this conversation with her, I had started listening to a podcast, um, Kathy Heller's Don't Keep Your Day Job. And it was about all these people who were leaving their day jobs to pursue their passions. And I thought, that's amazing. So every morning I would like listen to a really inspirational story of somebody who made a go of what they were really passionate about. And it just became like infectious where I was like, well, if all these people are doing it, like, why can't I do it? Right. And like one, one of my, like every time I'm in a hard situation, I'm always like, if I can leave home at 16 years old with nothing but two garbage bags full of clothes and end up here, I can get through this. Like right. I can get through whatever obstacle this is. Right. And so, um, so I started listening to these podcasts and then I was like, maybe I just need to start my own business, which is never, never like full transparency, never a thought I had ever had in my entire life. My dad is very much an entrepreneurial spirit. He hates working for other people, loves yeah. to make his own schedule, but moving out at such a young age, having that security was really important to me. I was like, I need to know how much money I have coming in. I need to have a roof over my head. I need to make sure that I can put food in my fridge. Like those were my priorities. Right. But then I had to realize that because at the time I think I was like 27 or 28 years old. And I was like, I'm not that 16 year old anymore. Like I have no debt. Like I managed to be 100% debt free one year after I graduated university. Which is amazing. Which is amazing. Absolutely. And I was like, I'm not that same 16 year old anymore. You know, like I can afford to take risks. I can afford to, to pursue my heart's desire because I've, I've spent so long being safe and being really risk adverse that I put myself in a really great position to now be able to take risks. So I decided I was going to start my own business. And I thought I was originally going to start a bookkeeping business for okay. other businesses because my background's in finance. It's yeah. what I know, right? But I realized that I just was not passionate about finance anymore. It just, the industry had taken it out of me. And I'm actually starting to get it back now because I incorporate a lot of financial education with my one-to-one clients. And mm -hmm. I have created a mini course regarding finance as well. And seeing all the changes I make in people's lives and helping them understand it is rekindling that spark. But it really killed it for me a few years ago. So I was like, okay, maybe I shouldn't do this. And then I started to see a lot of like advertisements for coaching on Facebook. And like fun fact, years prior to that, I had actually had several friends who told me I should become a coach. And I was so resistant to it. I was so, I was like, no, like what on earth is a coach? Like what's a life coach? Like so yeah. rah rah who's gonna tell me this and that you know like I was just I had these my own like negative misconceptions on what coaching was yeah um but then finally I just kind of took the plunge and I got certified and 
started my business, started taking on clients. Then I took a few more courses and just invested in a one-to-one coach to help me really streamline my business. And like, now I look at my life and it's so far beyond what I could have imagined for myself. And I just, I cannot believe I got myself here with a lot of help and a lot of support as well. But like I wake up when I want to, which right now is, is 5am. Like for whatever reason, I'm loving waking up at 5am right now. But when I had to do it for my nine to five job, it was like pulling teeth. Oh yeah. And I am a morning person. And, and that was one of my first signs is that when I was starting to wake up really depressed that I knew something wasn't working because I am such a morning person. But like last night I was able to just like block off my calendar from, from clients booking calls. And my partner and I drove out to have dinner with his grandpa for his 80th birthday. And I was able to do that. I was able to leave the city early. I didn't have to ask anyone's permission. At the beginning of August, we went and we spent a week in Alberta. Again, didn't have to ask anyone's permission. Like I was able to just go. And that was really, really important to me. And I'm so fired up. Like when I wake up at five, I'm genuinely pumped and excited to get to work and to transform people's lives and like work on this and work on that. And it's just like, my life has completely turned around and I'm so grateful for that. So what other ones were you thinking about other than life coaching? Or was that just like, oh, you kept seeing it. So you're like, okay, I'll try taking this one as the first, was it your first risk at that point? Yeah, it was. It was. And it really felt cosmic to be completely honest, because like I had seen all of these coaching ads and I was like, okay, like whatever. I'd already Mm -hmm. written off coaching because I, like I said, I had these misconceptions on it, but then there was this one certification that popped up that really spoke to me. And like I mentioned a little bit earlier, when I was in corporate, I felt like I was stifling this other part of me. And it is this part that is very spiritual and very creative and very compassionate and caring. And, but I'm both of those people. I am the really like logic minded numbers, number crunching, like strategy, implementation, organization. I've been dubbed the organization queen because I take things from being a hot mess to really streamlining them. But I do have this other side to me as well. This really creative, passionate, enthusiastic, spiritual person. Mm -hmm. And this advertisement like fused those two, which really spoke to me. And so, yeah, that was my my first risk and uh, it ended up kind of panning out and I'm, I'm loving it. I'm so glad. Thank you. Um, I think I already know the answer to this, but do you regret the path that you were on after college? I don't. I really don't. And I know this is something I actually work with um, a lot with clients. And I actually just signed a client this week who went to nursing school and she feels so guilty. She's like, I spent all this time in university becoming a nurse and like working, working in the healthcare field. And now I just, I want to leave it. It just feels like a waste of time. And I, something I always say, I'm like, nothing we do is ever a waste of time because my, what makes my coaching practice so unique is that I am those two people. I am the really organization, logic, strategy, implementation person, but I am also this really like spiritual, creative, caring, compassionate person that people feel really safe with. 
right? And that's the thing with coaching is like, you have to feel safe and comfortable speaking to your coach, or you're never going to get these really deep transformations that are actually possible for you. Right. Right. And that's what makes my my practice so unique is because I did that, right? I had that corporate experience and I do feel like everything that I went through led me to get to this point. So no, I, I don't have, I don't have any regrets. I used to at one point, like I I don't want to, I don't want to make it seem where I'm like, yeah, I've always thought everything was perfect. Well, I, cause I always thought I wanted to be a lawyer actually, like my whole life I thought I wanted to go into law. And so, um, when I was in finance and I was, when I was in finance, I was still trying to work at getting into law school and I would like beat myself up and I would say like, Oh, like if I had just started this sooner, like I'd be a lawyer already. Or even when I first started my business, I was like, Oh, if I had just started this sooner, like I would have helped so many more people, et cetera, et cetera. But I needed to learn what I learned on my journey to be able to do what I do now on my journey. When I have moments like those, because I'm more in that moment stage than where you are, I tend to be like, if I didn't have all those experiences, I wouldn't be who I am today. I don't like, if I hate who I, I can't hate who I am today. Yeah. So I completely understand and agree with that. (laughs) Um... What is one thing you'd like someone to take away from this podcast? You are the author of your story. Everyone else is going to have some input on what, how your story should go, what path you should take, what you should do. But at the end of the day, you are the only person, and this, this kind of gets a little bit morbid, but it becomes really inspirational. So just bear <laughs> with me. You are the only person that's going to be in your life from day one until you die. The only person. Your parents are eventually going to pass. Your grandparents are eventually going to pass. People in society who told you what to do are eventually going to pass. Friends, partners, like everyone. You are the only, only, only person that is going to be in your life from the day you are born until the day you're no longer on this physical plane. And so you are the only person that has to live with the consequences and the benefits from every decision you write in your story. And here's the thing, not everyone in your life is meant to be a reoccurring character in your story. Some characters, like when you're reading a book or you're watching your favorite TV series, some characters come and go for a certain learning experience or for a certain plot twist or whatever it looks like, right? Yeah. even if relationships, friendships, coworkers, bosses, all of these people aren't meant to be in your life 100%. And that's okay. But what I want you to take away from this is that you are the author of your story. So what story are you going to write? That was beautiful. That was really good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the obstacle eliminator is Simon Cowell. He was born October 7th, 1959. And the reason I picked him was because he was like trying to make it big and he was living at large. And then at 30, he moved back home. And that yeah. kind of made me happy inside. Because um, when he moved back in with his parents and two years later, he finally started getting um, better. And now we know him as Simon Cowell. But even him, he went back home and he didn't see it as a bad thing. He was actually happy. And he had used his last, I think, three or four pounds just to get the drive home. And the train, yeah. That was his last money. And 
he he didn't even go back into the industry for two years. So I think that's really cool. Um, so tell my audience how to find you. Yeah. So I actually have a free checklist. It's called the Find Your Direction in 30 Days or Less Checklist. It's a five-step process that I actually used to get myself to a higher level of, of happiness and be able to leave my nine-to-five job. So you can find that at bit.ly, find your direction with no spaces or dashes or anything like that. It's just find your direction and download that. I'm also always on Instagram. So you can follow me on Instagram. It's Carolina V E E underscore and uh, come to my website. I love, I will seriously. Thank you. Yeah. I will sit on my website and just look at it when I need to get into a better mood. Cause I'm like, Damn, this is pretty. So it is. thank you. It's uh just www.carolinav.com. Yeah. And thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me on the show. Of course. Every week, the goal is to tell a story, a point of view, anything really that doesn't fit the status quo. The so-called American dream, but someone's truth and reality. Mostly it'll be me, but hopefully I'll get some interviews in here. If you get anything out of this, please let it be to be kind. With vulnerability comes assholes, but so much love also. So try to lead with the love. Okay, real talk over.